Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from 100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies, and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Temple Stadium, where every name matters. Welcome to the Premier Review Podcast, episode number 73. You're joined today by your host, Kevin Ryan, Jamie Barrett from Tordas Starfield, Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins, and uh, Colin Purcell from Clonalogue. Straight into it. Uh, last week, I suppose we were quite positive about a narrow loss to Dublin. I get the impression from looking at the faces on the call today that this, that this loss to Waterford, you know, particularly the last 20 minutes, it's a much harder one to take. Colm, you're on the border there in Clonmel. I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, Kevin, kind of a deep intake of breath, I suppose, to start with. Look at, I kind of have gone through the five stages of grief, really, since yesterday. You know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. Um, I suppose the, the denial part is, you know, trying to deny to myself, you know, just how bad were we yesterday? I mean, you know, like the last 20 minutes, we were, I think, I think with 20 minutes to go, it was 118 to 20 points. The last 20 minutes, when we got to injury time, it was 127 to 20 points. So that was, we lost, we lost the last 20 minutes by, by nine points and, and, and didn't, you know, didn't raise any sort of a gallop. And it, it looked at times as if the lads had given up, to be honest with you. And that's, you know, that's unacceptable. I mean, we pro- some of us saw probably Roy Keane giving out about Manchester United on the TV after the, the derby in Manchester yesterday. But I felt a little bit th- that way myself after our game. Really thought, that, thought the last 20 minutes were bordering on unacceptable from a Tipperary team. Uh, we, we seem to lack hunger. We seem to lack fight. 
we the, the basics completely went out. I, I couldn't see any sort of a game plan. It was, it was very, very dis- dispiriting. Stephen, I'm just going to come to you now. Um, Stephen Bennett got player of the match. In his, in his comments, he said that that performance won't be good enough in six weeks, that you know, you can really see the Liam Kyle effect if you want on the players there. Your impressions of the defeat yesterday and where do you think it leaves the Tipperary hurling now with you know such a short run into the Monster Championship? Um, loads of questions. Um, me personally, my questions are uh, the fitness. Where where are we with fitness levels? Like I, I touched on it last week against Dublin that I was relatively okay the way it ended because Jason Ford had a, a fabulous chance at the end to win the game win the game that let's say we weren't playing great but we went down to Walford then and um, I suppose so like we went down there confident I suppose like we should have bet Dublin by playing bad like for for, tw- for the last 20 minutes we died a debt you know and like I, I know Colin mentioned he um, it was like lads chewing in the towel but for me, I was looking at it and looked, they look shattered. You know, like, am I making excuses for them saying, did they have a heavy week? Did they have a heavy load? You know, are they trying to, you know, get the, the heavy training done now ahead of championship? But, like, we're not far away from championship. And we uh, capitulated in the last 20 minutes um, yeah, the other day. And it was terrible to see. Like, we, like, Jason Fortnow, uh, without trying to be too hard on him, he was stuck to the ground. He was literally stuck to the ground. Carl Barth was making uncharacteristic mistakes. And even one stage at the end, towards the end of the game, he came flying out with the ball, you know, probably should have released it a little bit earlier and then kind of swiped at it. You know, like like something you'd see at underage level. And it went straight. There was three Watford fellas fighting each other to get the ball, you know. And, and my, my worry is, um, is the fitness levels, where are we in it? Like, I suppose we've known to ask how we training hard right now that we, we got so tired so quick like but our handling errors the other day were 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 really poor. It wasn't that of a top level inter county team. Like Dylan Quirk, I'm sorry to name check him, but it has to I'd say about four or five times easy. The ball was in his hand and it just bounced out of it. You know, it was the same with John McGrath. He was he was first to most of the balls he was getting, but when he was stopping to rising them he couldn't get it up, you know. Um, like these little things reminds me, it, it kind of made me think, are we intense in training? You know, like if we're not intense in training, come the intensive championship match, these things that the basics they, they, they won't happen for you. And I'm just worried that we could be going into a championship match in a few weeks' time, not inter county fit. And uh, look, I hope I'm wrong. As I said, I, I'm not privy to, to what's going on in Torles. Um, it just it, it, we just look so unfit. The basics were terrible. Like I can't remember anyone catching a ball out of the sky. What I got from even the lack of catching out of the sky is we didn't know what way to position ourselves. We were off balance. We, we, then when we were trying to get balance, we were static, and the water man was plowing through the back of us, and it just it it, it was really really poor for for the last quarter of the game. Like. Up until that point, up until that point, I expected Watford to be a little bit ahead of us, fitness levels and the, in their game plan because they're, they're three years now on the Liam Car. As far as I'm concerned with them, it's do or die now. You know, if they don't win that now, they can forget about it. But we are so, we felt like we were so far behind that we could have been a level, 
uh, a division below him in the league. That's where I felt we 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 were coming into the last twenty. It is a big worry now, you know. And and uh, my, most of my concern now is not nothing to do with the hurling. It's fitness and intensity levels. They just wasn't there. Jamie Colin Bonner, I think, caught a relaxed figure, particularly after the Dublin defeat and again on uh, after the defeat on Sunday. Would you be concerned for Tipperary's form at this juncture? You know, one of the things that we see is he's trying to bring in a lot of younger players. Yeah, I mean, like Colin Bonner is a very tough task bringing in all those new players. <clears throat> Some have been there thereabouts the last few years, but I mean, he's coming in. He's after losing. I said it today on, on, on Premier View. Just losing Porrick, Brendan, Shemi, Bubbles, and Isla Mara from a starting 15 from last year that Liam Sheedy would have had at his disposal. So he's blood and young fellas. He's trying to change his system. Like the game against Kilkenny a few weeks ago was, was like it was a good win, fair enough. But Kilkenny blew Dublin out of the water yesterday. So it's hard to know where Dublin are at or where we are at. I think we looked tired yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think. I think we're we are doing a lot of heavy training now. A lot of the mistakes and maybe a little lack of effort in the last twenty minutes that shouldn't that shouldn't happen anyway. Do you know, to prayer you're known for hurlers. We shouldn't be making basic handling errors on a sunny day down in Watford. Shouldn't happen. <clears throat> I made excuses for Leash and Dublin and that the weather was so chaotic. You'd expect mistakes, but yesterday we shouldn't be making basic handling errors. And and like Stephen said. Dylan Quark did make a lot of basic handling errors. Uh, he was free for a few puckouts a few times that Barry Hogan didn't give it to him. I wonder was was he did he not trust him to take possession of the ball and carry it up the field that he went over to the left hand side towards Mikey Breen, who ended up being swamped by two or three players on a few occasions. You know, it's it's hard to know where we are at unless you're up in Dr. Morris watching them train and seeing what they're doing. I don't know. It, it is frustrating to go down to Watford to be so close to 20 minutes to go and then just capitulate, capitulate completely. Now, having said that, Liam has three years in charge of Watford. They're three years into a strength and conditioning program with Tommy Ryan there, who has a gym in town. And they are different players compared to two or three years ago. They're big, strong, physical, mobile players. They're working their arses off for Liam Carroll, which is what I had said a couple of podcasts ago. We needed to be doing the same for Colin Bonner and are we being a you know a bit um like it's not like tip it's not like Collins players had a standing start here. He you know, we were when Liam Cal was taking over water for Tipperary, we're all earning champions. So oh. I, you know, are you are you are you being very I suppose kind in your assessment there of in, in Oh yeah, maybe in I am so. being a bit kind. Um I don't know why I'm being a bit kind. I just I, I think you have to give Colin Bonner a little bit of rope because like he's only in, he took the job when, when nobody wanted it really, you know. Like what I mean, in, you know, Liam Sheedy at Carbra, you know, I think he's gone the Antrim chap as well, was being loaded for their Carbra strength and conditioning. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so like, do you think we've lost all that, or maybe as I said, we're just after a heavy week? Or I hope we haven't, but yeah, that's the worry that like the worry is that we have lost it. The hope is that we haven't lost it, that it's just heavy training. Six weeks of championship, I know we're playing Antrim two weeks' time. You'd imagine that Colin Bonner is targeting Watford. Do you know what I mean? Now, they'll be targeting those two Liam Cal's first competitive game since he was turned down for the temporary role. He'd have been targeting a win without any doubt. I know he was missing some players, Desi Hudson and a few others, but like they're going to be they're going to be all Ireland contenders this year, same as they were last year. You know Yeah, and just maybe to bring Colin back in there again, we are, you know, headed back 
back to Walsh Park now in five weeks, you know, for, on Easter Sunday. I think we'll be going down there with a bit more dread and they say, oh, the league doesn't matter and all that. I think Tipperary hurling really needs to round the wagons now. Um, do you think there's anything we could take from this league campaign? Well, look, I, the lads have alluded to, Kevin, I suppose. Plenty of players have got multiple chances in the last three or four games. You know, there has been... You know, some of the young lads have come, have come in and have got very valuable game time. You know, the likes of Dylan Quirk, Paddy Cadell, Mark Hill, Connor Bow. Um, and in fairness, I thought, I thought Connor Bow and Mark Hill actually played quite well yesterday. I thought they held up their end of the bargain. And Michael Breen got four points yesterday from, from, from wing forward, which, you know, if your wing forward is getting four points a game, that, that, that's not a bad return. Um, like, you know, again, I've spoken on the podcast for the last few weeks about an, about a trend, and, and the trend is, is a downward trend even in the league. I mean, we, we weren't great against Leash. The Kilkenny game, I, I just thought the standard in the Kilkenny game overall was very poor. Dublin came to Thurles and beat us, and then we had yesterday. And don't forget, like, Waterford beat us in the championship as well last year and and deserved probably to, to be to be more comfortably ahead than they were at the end. And they absolutely aced alive in, in the league game in Welsh Park, if you remember, before before that. So that's three games in a row now that Waterford have been good value for, for, for big for big winning margins. And it's very difficult to see that being addressed in the next four to six weeks. Again, we've mentioned on the podcast in, in the past that it's there's not much time now between the, the ending of the league and the start of the championship. So it, it's you know, Colin Bonner has a huge job in his hands to, you know, to to make up the ground that's between the Waterford of last year and the Waterford of this year and the Tipperary of last year and the Tipperary of this year. And just to touch on the Antrim game, I think I think Antrim in the league is our next game, but I, I don't think there's anything at stake for either of the two counties in that game. So effectively, it's a dead rubber challenge game, you know, and, and then we're, we're, we're back down to Welsh Park. So I, I was saying last week, I'd like to have seen us beat Dublin and Thurles because that may have put us, you know, one foot into a semi-final a National Hurling League semi-final. I think we would have benefited. I think our young players would have benefited for another game. But look, to answer your question, for me, the guys getting the chances, the younger guys getting the chances, and then maybe the form of, of Connor, Connor Bow and Mark Hugh yesterday. Um, and we started well as well, Kevin. You know, we I think we were nine points to three up at one stage at the start of the game, but, but, but faded out. But then I think we hit one three or one... They hit one six without reply. And, you know... The game was a bit stop-start, but in the last 20 minutes, the lads alluded to, to, to there. I, I don't want to use the word embarrassed, never embarrassed by the team, but it was very, very difficult to look at. You know, we were really, really yeah, thanks, Colin. I think your sound has gone, gone a bit um, quiet there again. Uh, Stephen, I just want to bring you back in about, I think there was a general acceptance there in December that Tip would need to have a bit of evolution in their gameplay, maybe start to mirror Limerick and even Waterford's in your thoughts with a move to a shorter game. Um, from what you've seen yesterday, do you think we're suited to playing that game? And was bringing on Dennis Smart, do you think that signaled a shift towards a, a move away from that? To the substitutions, I'll get to the substitutions in a minute, but I, I do understand we're trying to move uh, change our game a, a small bit. Like, you know, Harlan has changed since 2010 when it's just win your own battle, give good ball to the forwards and they're expected to to win their battle but you can see we're trying to change and and from my perspective I won't say happily because when you put on when they put on a chip tip jersey I still expect them or still want them to win an all Ireland or be there thereabouts but you'd, 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 you'd think it's going to take a good solid year anyway for everyone to be getting up to speed and get comfortable like going on yesterday's game Barry Heffern and out around the middle of the field for me yesterday, he looked the most comfortable playing that game. 
And I thought he, I, I thought Barry had a good game at midfield, especially transitioning from the back to the forward, moving up the field. I think it's going to take Tip a while to um, get to that level. Uh, because what we've seen yesterday, you know, we like when Watford, for instance, Watford keeper puck out the ball, he zipped it to the corner back or the wing back. But the corner back or the wing back then absolutely led it to, to his own to the next man. It was all chest type, it was pinpoint accuracy, speed on the ball. We don't have that yet. It's going to take a while. A lot of our passing was hitting the ground in front of us, it wasn't as hit, hit as crisp. It's going to take a time. It's going to take time to get to the level that other teams are at now that they were doing it four or five years, the, the last three, four or five years. I can accept that that's going to take time. What is hard to accept though is, is the the lack of intensity and aggression. Like even though we're in transition, our fitness levels can be the same. You know, there's no excuses for fitness levels. Now to touch back on on. We might have been having a heavy week, and I'd accept that. But there was one or two lads couldn't get to the pace of the game, and one of the lads—I don't want to mention his name because it's—it's—it's it's, it's a body composition issue. But he looked overweight, you know. And at inter-county level, you can't be going out there with a bit of a belly. You know, I can get away with it at club level, at inter-county level, you can't. And it's just this—I don't think there was an injury there. Like, but it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so odd looking. And I'm, I'm wondering, are we training as hard as, as an inter-county team should be? Maybe we are. I, I, I don't know. Like, but, um, you know, as I said, I can take, I can, I can accept the year trying to transition into the new way of playing. Um, but that has to be matched, or matched with fitness and intensity. And I'll accept mistakes or lads getting used to the way of hurling and maybe results not going your way. That shouldn't excuse lack of lack of uh, effort and lack of fitness. Jamie, I suppose Stephen and Colin previously has you know mentioned you know some of the some of the minor positive things. Certain players playing well or different players. Can you see a bit of a jigsaw still, despite results and despite the last twenty minutes being put together? Are the pieces there for Colin Bonner to be able to bring this team forward, or are we headed for a period of you know I hate the word transition, but a long period of transition? Um, yeah, I don't think. Um... I don't think we're in for a long period of transition, uh, but I think we are in transition at the moment. Um, like it was great to see the likes of Conor Bowe get a start yesterday, and like he didn't look out of place. You know what I mean? Corner forward, he was getting stuck in. He was standing up for himself, and it was a bit of a schmozzle there in the first half. And he wasn't stepping back; he was stepping forward, which was great to see. Um, Mark Hugh, the same. You know what I mean? Um, look, I think there is there is a puzzle, that's for sure. Um, but like. If you look down through the spine of the team there with the likes of Kyle Barrett and Ronan and if Noah McGrath comes into midfield maybe and Jason Ford, John McGrath, get Seamus Callanan back fit, get Bubbles back fit. Like you've the bones of a very strong team then, you know. Uh, Michael Breen playing well wing forward, four points from play. Nothing wrong with that. Could you'd like to see more from Michael Breen defensively as well as a wing, you know, tracking runners, putting in big hits. Watford were hitting us hard yesterday like they were every time they put in a tackle it was a very physical tackle we weren't doing that we weren't laying a glove on them like really um, and we need to be doing a bit, a bit of that as well um, and the likes of Conor Bowe and Mikey Breen are big men that should be making those hits like Bonner Mar would Bonner Mar play against Antrim if he's to play in the championship you'd probably think he has to play against Antrim otherwise what stage is his fitness at you know what I mean he's match fitness he's hurling 
he's hurling was always a little bit slow to go on the league, but once he hit championship, after a few games, he was always pretty sharp. Like we we have we have the pieces for a very good jigsaw, but whether we can get them all into position in time, very hard to call. Yep, that's great. And I suppose, look, we all know that Colin Bonner is a keen listener to this podcast, or at least he should be anyway. So look, Colin's again eating the cornflakes Tuesday morning listening to this. What's your key message for him for the, for the championship? Um, Stephen, I'm going to go to you first on that one. Ah, but it's key message. <laughs> um, I suppose, look, uh, as critical as I could be, as I am of, of yesterday's performance, I wouldn't have been too worried about the, the ones previous to um, I think, like like uh, Jamie said, if if we get in get up to speed with the intensity, with the fitness left, the aggression. I I know it's a throwback, like, but I I want Tipperary playing borderline brawls, like you know, like Wofford were hitting us yesterday, and we we weren't hit we weren't hitting them the same way back, you know. I want I want Tip initiating the aggression, you know, and look, you'll accept a tough year if we're Getting the basics right, you know, a part of the basics of hurling is besides your your catching, your handling, your your touch, your striking is aggression. Hurling is a very very aggressive game, and if and you can play all the lovely tippy taffy stuff you want, if you do not have the aggression to back it up, you will be like Cork from the last previous few last ten years. All lovely hurlers, but as soon as it gets to a brawl, they can't handle it. And I I, I want to be at that stage where. They will battle with anyone. Like we didn't win a 50-50 yesterday. We didn't win a breaking ball yesterday. And they are that's that's aggression. That's just straight up aggression in the brawl. And um I suppose the best way the championship is if we can meet fire with fire, you know, whatever whatever level we are at at a development stage will be accepted as long as all the rest of the stuff is is one hundred percent like, you know. I don't I don't expect us winning all Ireland this year, but I expect us to to put the the groundwork in to to have long term success. That's what I expect this year. So a few positives to take from yesterday. And I know I'm I'm I mentioned Mark Marky Ho a few times. I I thought he'd a he'd um he'd a great game yesterday. You know four points from play from your corner forward as Jamie mentioned earlier. Same with with uh with Michael Breen. Like that's that's a serious return. I think think uh, Jake Morris scored three or four as well. You know like um we hit twenty points. I think yesterday was it. Um, there about 21, 21 yeah. a, a serious serious uh, percentage of them majority of them came from play so that's that's a good mm-hmm. sign too you know and if you have two or three different fellas scoring three or four points which it, it's a good return it's you know that's positive to, to all three of you is there a lack of goals another issue that needs to be addressed before championship or is it between poor conditions you know and you know more Park and that is something not to be worried about and as we get our attacking play together the goals will come I've seen calls again on Premier Review to bring Eamon O'Shea back and they like to coach coach attack and is it a bit of trust with the process here or are we making I think, you know, I, I think Kevin to be fair it's not only that are we not scoring goals we're not even creating the chances to score goals you know sometimes in the league you could create a lot of chances and the ball might stick or the ball might bounce wide or bounce up and you know you'd accept that and say well come the drier ball and in the summertime that things will change around but you know and the evidence of the four games that I, I've seen I, I don't see us creating too many goal chances even the goal we got against Kilkenny whilst you know it was, Jake took it well it was still a mistake by the Kilkenny goalkeeper the ball was pucked straight out to us so I think I think that definitely is an issue and it's something I was thinking about as well this morning was you know 
we don't really have a, a, an absolute ball winning ball game winning marquee forward at the moment you know if you go back the last 10 or 15 years we've always had a lar we've had an owen kelly you know we, we've had shamey callanan you know these guys absolutely once in a generation hurlers we, we don't we don't really have one of those at the moment in fact not that we don't really we don't and if you look at but, the um, other top I'll, I'll call them, our goal our goal is going out of the game a bit you know, you see yeah. the, you know, the Limerick style is just, it's efficiency in points. P- possibly. But then you see, t- you know, you see the scores that the likes of Patrick Horgan, Tony Kelly, TJ Reid are racking up. You know, they are n- not not just for the for the goals scoring, but they, they seem to be go-to guys that, you know, they will pull something out of the fire if required. I'm not sure if, if we have somebody like that at the moment. And, you know, maybe something else to ponder as well is, I don't know if, again, you know, you don't want to be basing too much on yesterday, but was there a lack of leadership as well yesterday in the team? You know, nobody seemed to really, Ronan Marrett a couple of moments in the second half, the boys have alluded to already, Carl Barrett was in a little bit of trouble. You know, we need that 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 age group, that 26, 27-year-old age group now who've been around the team for a while, your John McGrath, your Jason Fords, your Ronans, your Barretts. No, these guys now are the leaders. They need to stand up and you know and pull this thing, you know, pull this thing in close together and, and get us going again. You know, I, re- I really feel, I really felt yesterday in the last twenty minutes that there was nobody there to, to you know, even if it was to initiate a row or something, you know, get get us going a little bit. We just died and we died in our feet yesterday. And we can talk about fitness and we can talk about heavy weeks training and, and as we've said, none of us are privy to any that. We don't really know. We can only go on the evidence of what we saw and the evidence of what we saw in the last twenty minutes yesterday evening. To me, it was just very, very disappointed from, from from a Tipperary team. Yeah, Jamie, I'll come back to you. Then again, we've talked about you know style, and we've talked about introducing younger younger players. And do you think with the introduction of Dennis Marr about now, I'm not in no way pinning the defeat and the on Dennis or anything like that. But do you think a kind of a that the sideline had spotted maybe a problem in about the 50, 54 minutes, the tip or slightly going out of the game? And that Dennis was brought on maybe, you know, to kind of be a nuisance around full forward. But I don't think it worked. And do you think that could be the end of that experiment there or did give him another chance? Um, it, it was a surprise, to be honest. I think I think Jason Ford is our best full forward at the moment. Jason Ford should be full forward. Anytime yeah. he has done well for Tipperary in the last couple of years, it's been there. John McGrath, we, like you look at him in the county championship this year, Centre forward seem to be the position that suited them or back out around midfield picking up loose ball. Like I, I, Dennis, I don't know. You'd wonder why that change wasn't made though, Jamie, wouldn't you? That you know, it seemed a very obvious one. Put John out yeah, centre forward and, and put Jason in full, even for 10 minutes and see how it would go. Yeah, maybe he's keeping his cars close to his chest, but I mean, it's not that big a shock. Like Jason Ford is, Seamus Cannon is out now for the next six weeks. Jason yeah. Ford. Is our most I, I did say, you know, and again in, in the preview of this game that, Jamie, I'll come to you on this again, that that front six or that forward six for Tipperary, if you look at it, that could well be a championship starting six if they played well last Sunday. Did, did you see enough from that six on Sunday, last Sunday, to maybe see see the same six line out? Yeah, I, like, I think Dan, Dan McCormack will have a say, Colin, to be honest. I'd say we're not far off it, to be honest, but I'd like to see mm-hmm. Jason at 14 and John at 11. Dan McCormack in... I'd like to see Dan McCormick and Noel midfield, to be honest. And let, let Noel pull strings and let Dan work his bollocks off in the middle of the field, putting in those big hits of Mikey Breen and Connor Bow. Do you know what I mean? And let John McGrath pick up scraps or pick up, just open up the centre of that Watford defensive movement. Like, if they're going to play a sweeper, fair enough. But like Jason Ford did last year against Limerick, Declan Hannon yeah. sat back, Jason Ford went to town. Like. 
finally finally again before we leave the game I'm just going to try out a few players and if you want you can comment on them maybe I think Robert Byrne maybe has, has put his hand up for a starting position he surely you know he might be a bit uh, erratic in terms of discipline at times but he's, he's one really to can, can get in your faces James Quigley Brian McGrath you know just looking at our defence there that you see that they, those lads will feature definitely worth another go I think I'll just jump in I think Brian McGrath should be in the half back line I think it suits him as a like he's a, he's a very good hurler, very good going forward. He's that little bit too slow off the mark. If you're Desi Hutchins is walking into your corner, you don't want to be Brian McGrath. Do you want to be Kyle Barrett or Craig Morgan where you're faster on the feet? Um, Quirk, uh, Robert Byrne, sorry. Um, honest as the day is long, in fairness to me, die with his boots on. I think he has another year or two of development to go yet. The hot headedness. We don't need that. We need aggression. There's a big difference between the two. Um, but look, it's a work in progress, as I say. Yeah. He, he wasn't Quirk. exposed much over the last few years. Stephen Quirk, James Quigley. Yeah, I don't think Quigley has done a whole pile wrong. Has he? Like The games he has played, he's done okay for a youngster coming in. Big boots to fill. Yeah. Parry could have been nailed down three there for the year, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Parry has gone. James, there's the jersey. Best of luck. I think I think with, I think with James Quigley that um I I I I persist with him and I try and I won't say build him into a full back but I, I was thinking about this all day um, James Quigley plays full back for Kildare he's a natural full back he knows how to play there we've struggled a long time at full back we cannot be taking Ronan Mara to centre back to play to fill the hole at full back J- James Quigley he knows what's needed as a full back. He's, he plays there with his club. I, and the, the, the phrase I want to use uh, is probably going to sound like I'm insulting him, but an average fullback will do a better job than a talented hurler who doesn't know how to play fullback. You know, and, and I'd leave him there and I'd build it and just give him as much opportunity as he can. Like it's his first year. So he's first, you know, he's getting a few starts under his belt now. He's learning all the time. He's getting. You know, I know his man had a good day yesterday as well. Like, but you know, these yeah, they're days you learn from. And I, I think, um, I, I think he should be left alone for the interim game and give him every opportunity to make that fullback his spot. Because yeah. like Paul Corn all those years ago, I'm just gonna say, yeah, like, he, he, like Paul Corn wasn't blessed with hurling ability. You know, like, like as a the fantastic hurler in his own right, but like you wouldn't play Paul Corn out in the half back line. You know, no. um, but he could read the game. He was a f- he. He knew how to play full back, and just playing full back is basically being a fucking arsehole, being a pest, stopping the full forward. Doing you know, kicking a ball ten yards could be it, it could be a, an absolute superb play by a, by a full back. You know, he doesn't need to be clearing the ball like the Rock was all these years ago, getting limelight like that. He just needs to stop the other man. And I think when you have a natural full back there. I think it's a fair Give, point, Stephen. Just on that, like we're not looking at rock, rock type superstars, but we need championship starters from this league campaign. And I think the consensus is that he, you know, could be classed as a find. You've already kind of discussed Marco. I think it was a step in the right direction from him. Yeah, uh, Jake, Jake yeah. Morris as well, solid enough league. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. It's Colin there. Yeah, I would have thought Jake Morris had a decent enough league. Like his touch yesterday looked very good. He looked very sharp. He's put on a bit of weight. Bit of conditioning, you know what I mean, in a positive way, unlike myself and Stephen there. But 
He's um, <laughs> sorry, Stephen. He's, um, <laughs> he looks a lot sharper to me, Jake Morris. And when the ground hardens up and Jake is breaking onto baller with that passing game that Colin Bonner is trying to introduce, and you have runners off the shoulder like Bonner Mayer, like um, Jake Morris, you know, like these are Connor Bow moving at pace. Very hard men to stop when they get moving, you know. So, like, I'd be very happy with Jake Morris, the league that he's had, to be fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I would have been a bit of a critic when Jake first came on the scene. I remember one incident against Limerick, a ball was coming over his head. And rather than keeping his eye on the ball, he was looking back at the Limerick defender. And it just, you know, it looked, I know he was only a young lad and all that. But now he, he's at the filling out. He's actually, he's flying into tackles. You know, yeah. when he's, when he's, get, he, he's flying, there's, there's no fear there anymore. And uh, just like, I know I'm touching back to jumping back to the goal scoring opportunities. We create, he had one today and or yesterday. And I'd say it was only two or three inches the wrong side of the post. And I think I wouldn't be overly worried about our lack of goals because the likes of Jake, all these lads, when, even though the goal might come 40 yards out, the switch goes there and it, is there a goal on for me? That's why we'll always be a threat for a goal because them lads there, they're just natural goal scorers. And I think um, had, had Jake had his Jake on the inside of the post like, Nine times out of ten, he's scoring them goals. It just went the wrong side of the post. But I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with Jake Morris this year now, and and uh, I think he he had a good game the other day, and it bodes well for championship, especially on the harder ground, the better days. He did the faster game will suit him as well. I think I think as well. That's probably just just you know, and, and it it pains me to say it, but probably just to mention Waterford, like they are in the hunt for the All Ireland this year. There's no point in saying anything else. They've got serious options of pace, energy, stamina, you know, the, 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 the running game that, that they're operating. And as I said, they've, they've cleaned us out now three times in nine months with that game, you know, and it's very effective for them. And, and they have another aspect of their game that wasn't on show yesterday, and that's Desi Hutchinson. You know, he's a serious out ball if the ball needs to be played long. You know, he's got the speed, you know, he's got the movement, he's got the touch and he's got the finish as well, you know. And now... Uh, um, Michael Kiley or Mikey Kiley there beside you know yeah, up there the full forward line as well like he's he's a serious operator as well and obviously having Tyg de Burke back there at centre half back he's a massive player and a massive influence for them so you know just you know it's, it's, it's tough for me to say all of that kind of stuff but you know you have to give them credit and I suppose from a Tiberi point of view it'll be an unusual build up to the championship not just that it's starting on Easter Sunday but also that there's going to be absolutely zero expectation on Tipperary this year which is you know, it's it's been a long time since it's been that way. You know, so it's not the worst environment maybe for these young lads to to come through, and that the expectation will be off on them now, and that they can go out and give it a good crack. Is the expectation really off though? I, well, the, well, it no. it should it, it it should be off, Kevin. But you know, you mentioned you referenced Paddy O'Shea and Animals last week, and you know, not to be going back down that road again, but you know, some of the reaction when we lose can be can be a little bit over the top and a little bit you know, can be a little bit out of sync with reality. And I suppose the reality is, and it's it's one of the it's one of the sort of things that I've had to accept today is that we are in, to use that horrible word transition, we are in transition and we just have to temper temper our expectations a little bit this year. You know, what 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 we've seen in the league this year is a team that is not, in my opinion, going to be contending for all Ireland um honors this year. And I think is a team that 
being realistic is looking at we're looking to be fourth or fifth in Munster at the moment. You'd have to put Limerick obviously ahead of us. You'd have to put Waterford ahead of us. I would put Cork ahead of us. And it would be a toss-up between ourselves and Clare. And I mean, in fairness to Clare, they drew at Limerick 17 points apiece. I think it was yesterday in Cusick Park. Like, if Limerick came to Thurles, would we be confident of holding Limerick to a draw? Bad knowledge they seem to be going at the moment. I certainly wouldn't be at the moment. So I'd be putting Clare slightly ahead of us at the moment. So that'll lead us in fifth. And let's not forget Kerry bet us two months ago. So does that leave us sixth? I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, well, remember, you know, from the glass being half full last week, I think we've definitely gone in the other direction now. Look, the tongue is firmly in cheek there. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it you know, we, we have to be realistic about where we are. We're not the worst team in the world and never will be. You know, well, folks, but... you know, the, just to kind of move, move it on from there, you know, Colin, you, you've you've mentioned, you know, Limerick has seemed to have issues this year. They're definitely not hitting the heights. All the talk before was Limerick really targeting the league, win everything in front of you. That hasn't happened for them. There might be a bit of vulner- vulnerability. Waterford definitely looked geared, you know, for a big impression on this year's championship in six, six weeks' time. Corks have started like they need to start, you know. So it all builds clear, maybe getting their act together. It all, it's all building towards, you know, a, an explosive monster championship. On the other side of the draw, Wexford, Wexford and and Cork, as I said, have a have qualified for the league semi-finals. From the weekend's action, you know, Cork with a bloodless victory over Galway, you know, Wexford with a, a an easy facile victory, I suppose, over Offaly. Did anyone catch catch your eye any any of the games or? Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I watched the Cork and Galway game on, on Saturday night and it's one of these games that I won't say it makes me fall out of love with Hurling, but it's sort of they're kind of hard games to watch, lads. I don't know if you think the same. They're very, very open. A lot of non-contact stuff, you know. Now, in fairness, I, I said last week, I, I think Cork are moving pretty well. They have serious pace in that eight around the middle. You know, your three half backs, your two midfielders and your three half forwards. There's serious pace there. And they're well able to take a score. And if you don't match them physically, mm-hmm. which, you know, Stephen has alluded to earlier on, you know, spoke about their lack of physicality and when it was put up to them in the past that they weren't able to cope with it. But if they could address that physicality, I think they have the speed, they have the natural forwards, they have Patrick Horgan, they have Lahan back now, they have Harnady in the corner, you know, they're, they're Kingston, Fitzgibbon, these guys. I, I was quite impressed with them. It's ha- Galway looked a little bit like tipped it on Sunday. I thought they looked a bit heavy legged and a little bit tired, um, and really had no answer. Had no answer to Cork's sp- speed around the middle. I didn't see the Dublin and Kilkenny game. I didn't see much of it. But you know, in fairness, Kilkenny, Donny Carney is a really difficult place to go and get, and get a result. We, we sent that last week ourselves about when Tip have went there in the past and had trouble. So I would think that's a good result for Kilkenny as well. Um, and as I said, Claire Claire holding Limerick in Cusick Park. I, I thought it was a very a very good result for them. And from a Limerick point of view, probably another red card. I don't know. Did you see Galan's um, yeah, se- been, se- sending off? Could have been a straight red. Yeah. Should have been straight. Should have been a straight red. I think. I think he got very all lucky, out of the yeah. way before championship. You know, if, if you're, a, <laughs> you're a Limerick Carter, you're going in well worn now. I think um, it does have a massive impact in Harlan going down going down a man. Of course, the, the other thing from the weekend is probably the, the referee of the, the hand pass lads. You, you know, it's, it's it, you know, it, 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 it's hard to know now what a hand pass is and what a hand pass isn't. And I don't think, like, the referees seem to be blown for, for, hand, for, for legitimate hand passes as throw balls and for throw balls as legitimate hand passes. So, it, again, it's, it's, not, it's not really improving the spectacle of the game. 
you know, for me anyway, it's it's. Do you it's, think it's something that has to be? We we have to stay with this stuff, or the referees have to hold strong on it because you know, in championships the last couple of years, I think you know the hand pass interpretation it was very loose and it was you know bordering on farcical. Well, I heard. Brendan I think, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Stephen. No, I just heard Brendan Cummins say, you know, say on Saturday night on the commentary in the, in the Cork Galway game, Stephen, that he thinks that teams will adapt come championship for the way that it's been refereed. You know, obviously the referees have been given some sort of an instruction at the moment that really clamp down on this. You know that, uh, you know that that it's 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 a blight on the game, or it's 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 been talked about up and down the country, and we need to be seen to be doing something about it. Brendan Cummins' point is that teams will adapt come championship. I'd be more thinking that this is something that will be refereed very strongly during the National League. But come championship, you know, it's it's hard to see that, that much stopping and starting going on from it. The the way it's been refed in, in the league, uh, you mentioned, and I, and I saw a few times myself, was there are a couple of um, legitimate hand passes being blown. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind that too much. If you blew for two legitimate hand passes, I, I'd rather the referee blew for them than allow 10 uh, illegitimate hand passes, 10 um, foul balls. Because what they'll do is go forward in the summer. Lads will make a conscious effort to show the referee I am hand passing this ball. The ball is clearly leaving my hand. Like, you go back 10 years ago and there was no such thing as the ball leaving your hand by the bare mill to get a hand pass away. You know, yeah. lads were making a conscious effort as DJ was referenced there. There, uh, I can't remember where he was referenced, but DJ here, like the hand went back, he smacked the ball. Like, like uh, you, you go back to 2010, a few of the Tipperary goals came a hand pass. They were like they were proper. You could see clearly they were proper hand passes. What what you're not seeing now is the clear strike. And if a referee can't see the clear strike, even if it is a clear strike, and he blows for it, I think. The more he does it, if he blows correct hand passes wrong, the more he does it, we'll eventually get back to the real proper clear strike. Because there is lads out there that hand passing the ball. The ball barely leaves the palm of their hand and they get a slap on it. And technically, it's a, it's a, it's a correct hand pass. But it's the question mark in the referee's mind. It's putting a question mark in the, in the players around them. It's putting a question mark on the crowd and everyone saying, oh, he threw the ball. They can get a few of good ones wrong to stamp out all the bad ones. So that's that's uh, I think they're doing a good job so far this year and hopefully it continues throughout the summer. Fair enough, Jamie. Jamie would you agree with that? Yeah, I would, in fairness. And but also the valid point last night, the Sunday game, about well, Liam Sheedy tried to make a point, but he was cut off by Joanne Cantwell. But the linesman and I, I wonder was he thinking should the linesman be able to make decisions for the referee as well? Seamus Harnsey's legitimate hand pass was called as a foul last night. Or on, on Saturday night, but like the linesman had a perfect view, the, the referee didn't. But it's like if they were if they were what mic'd up, they're all they're three inter county referees at this level, you know what I mean? So surely he should be able to make a decision for the referee as well to say, Look, that's legitimate, let it go, or that was definitely a throw ball, blow the whistle, you know. Yeah. Maybe they need more help. Maybe like the referees, you're following the fastest game in the world, like, and they're all 40 plus, they're not able to see or keep up with the play, like, maybe sometimes. Thanks, folks. Uh, it ain't all bad news this weekend. Tipperary footballers had an excellent win versus Wexford. Puts us third in that league table now on five points. Tipperary footballers scored four points against Wexford, but also scored four goals, crucially. So they had a good win there. Wexford scored 15 points. But, um, yeah, 
two wins now for Davy Powers men back on track. Things looking positive. Yeah, and I, I think the, the thing to say about that, Kevin, is we're back in the hunt now for promotion. I think we, if we were to beat Cavan and Cavan, we'd be in a great position for taking one of the promotion spots. You know, so yeah, like Calvin, just looking here, yeah, we've Cavan, we've London still to play in Carlo, I think. So you know, it's definitely two of those three are very winnable, and as you said, Cavan's the key game there. Yeah, definitely, and and you know. At times yesterday, you were looking at, I, I was following it on, just on Twitter on the way home and I was thinking, Jesus, am I, you know, is, is this score right? Or, you know, I wasn't sure if I was, if I was seeing something, if I was missing something, like it, it was kind of a bizarre scoreline to get. But, you know, from, from, I was talking to a guy who was down the game and he said, you know, again, Sweeney was a real leader for them, you know, all over the pitch, did, did, did really, really well. The subs that came in made a difference and, you know, Overall, again, it was an it was a, an improvement, obviously on our first two games, and and building on on the previous previous week's victory as well. So, well well done to the lads. I mean, I think we I think we said it ourselves though that you know Division Four was was always going to be a minefield, and teams were going to were going to be looking at targeting each other. You know, so all to play for, and that's great. That that's all you can ask for now is you know win your last two or win your last three games and you're promoted. I'd, I'd take that. With the, I would take that at the moment. Stephen, leave the last words with it on you. Uh, yeah. It's, no, it's no, noted big football, man. It tells us what we know about. I know absolutely nothing about football. Well, you know, like a few weeks ago, it was all <laughs> doom and gloom and, you know, we... We couldn't see where our first, our, where our win was coming from. We were losing games. We thought we should win. Now all of a sudden, even if a weird scoreline, I I think Tipperary footballers are in a different place. Tipperary hurlers, after the bad start, how they win is irrelevant to the performance. Getting a win against Wexford down Wexford down down there it was a brilliant result for them, man. And, you know, uh, huge congratulations to Tip. And now again, they're back in the hunt for for promotion now. Exactly, you know, would be after such a such a slow slow start. I suppose it would be a massive bonus, I think, to to get promotion or you know, and hopefully be in the hunt for promotion into the last round or two. Right, folks. Uh, you know, mixed results for for Tipperary this weekend. The ladies footballers had a good win versus Clare, so we have a bit on that as well. Show your supports. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Simple Stadium, where every name matters. And now I'm joined by Thomas Conway for a review of Tipperary Ladies Football Game versus Clare. Thomas, a good win for Peter Creedon. A, a good win, a much needed win, Kevin. Um, you know, this one kind of had been a while coming. They lost their, you know, their opening two games to Kerry, were beaten well down in Killarney, and then um, a game up against Leash Sunday two weeks ago, uh, which probably shouldn't have been played. Storm Franklin was kind of just sweeping in and... They were very disconsolate after that one, very dispirited. So yesterday was a massive, it was a massive result for two reasons. One, uh, it means Tip don't have to contest a relegation playoff. Clare thrown into a relegation playoff now against Tyrone, uh, which is obviously a, a highly consequential game. But two, uh, the, the psychological impact of, of kind of delivering a full match winning performance is going to be huge for Tip because that's something they've struggled consistently with Throughout the course of last season, you look at you look at them and, and they were they, they could set the world alight for maybe 10, 15 minutes in certain games, play really kind of fast-flowing, expansive football, but then just disintegrate. And like uh, maybe yesterday wasn't a 
it wasn't a vintage performance. You know, I don't want to, to exaggerate it, but it was certainly an improvement in terms of consistency. Uh, you know, they controlled the game and they closed out the game very impressively. So, and I mean, who stood out for you? Who stood out? I mean, Emma Morrissey, um, the reporter for the Nina Guardian, I think it will give her fair the match. I mean, she's, she kicked nine, uh, six frees, three points in play. So obviously she is their, their marquee forward at the moment, their prolific forward. In the absence of Ashley Maloney, who is, you know, a, a, a colossal loss. I mean, there's no getting around it. But, you know, Emma, you know, she, she, she's accurate. She was incredibly consistent from freeze. Um, gets into the right positions. A poacher, kind of, for, for want of a better word. You could, you could always compare her to kind of a, you know, a, a traditional number 10 in a, in a soccer context. You know, she hangs around those scoring areas and she gets in at the right time. So, I mean, you know, ex- superb performance from her. Great. And uh, anyone else in the fence may be great to hear a new name with, you know, Emma stepping up to the mark, as you said, Tipperary are missing yeah, a few well, players from the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the defensive, Tip's defensive structure is interesting. And it's actually interesting. If you look at ladies football as a whole, a lot of teams kind of tend to play with a similar style, maybe, you know, akin to, get to, to the men's game, in that they'll congest their own, their own half of the field, uh, particularly the latter third, and then attack in a, in a kind of counter-attacking wave. That is kind of the modus operandi of most teams. Uh, so, I mean, fundamental to that from a tip perspective, Maria Curley, who's captain, they deployed her at centre-back yesterday. And, I mean, she's, she's exceptionally solid. Whatever about her presence on the ball, you can, you know, I was, I was up well up in the old stand uh, and you could hear how vocal she was still. Um, you know, so she organises the players around her, which is which is really crucial, you know, um, in terms of structuring your game and, and particularly the game tipper are trying to play that kind of fast flowing game. You need a defensive structure there. Uh, so, you know, I, I have to give her full credit and fairness. She, she, she's assumed the, the mantle of captain and, and she's living up to the role. Great. And I suppose, is that then, is that the end of the role that, road in terms of Tipperary, in terms of the league campaign this year? That's the three group games played. That's it. From a league perspective, that's it. Um, so you would expect now the next, I mean, uh, the next protocol is the Munster Championship. And remember, the Munster Championship in ladies football is played out separately to the, the All-Ireland Series. They, they break into kind of uh, into groups then um, later in the summer for the All-Ireland. But I mean, it's still a, you know, still a big competition and, and TIP will really want to make an impact in it. They have the benefit now, that starts in, in I think, late April. So they have the benefit of a kind of a, a block of weeks and you'd expect kind of a it'll be high intensity training for those couple of weeks I mean they're really crucial and I suppose you know you take it from Claire's perspective they now have to worry about a relegation playoff you know they've already lost kind of a um a week or two there uh in terms of preparing and recovering from that so I mean the win yesterday was huge particularly in terms of tips running to to the Munster Championship that's great. And I suppose Peter Creeden is a name well known in Tipperary football circles. And taking the three games as a whole, have you seen a progression in the style of play from this Tipperary team since Peter has taken over? Uh, yeah, you, you definitely have. And I mean, even Maria said it to me afterwards. With, uh, with any new management, naturally, there's going to be a, a bedding in period. I mean, things aren't going to immediately click into gear. He has to get to know the players and they have to discover their, their kind of their game plan. But you could definitely see yesterday kind of 
the start or you know elements of it coming to fruition which was which is promising from a tip perspective because i mean you think of it I don't want to make too much of the girls that were missing because, I mean, I'd say the players, the existing players are fed up here about that. But, I mean, if you inject Ashling Maloney and Orla Dwyer into that team, it instantly uh, you elevate it, you know, you elevate it up a level. Um, and Tipper playing the kind of game that will suit somebody like Ashley Maloney. Yesterday, they isolated Caitlin Kennedy and Emma, um, Emma Morrissey inside. You would imagine later in the summer, um, Ashling is the one, Ashley Maloney is the one they'll, they'll try to isolate inside uh, and hopefully she'll be back soon and I mean, when you have that kind of firepower up front, uh, you really have to work hard at utilising it and you can see that's the way Tip are building their team and building their game so, you know, all around, really promising yesterday um, That's great You know, I've given plenty of You're such a positive report Thomas, thanks very much like, for that and I think we, we all look forward to chatting to you more on this as the season progresses and Definitely, you know, best of luck to Tipperary as they kind of end their league campaign and head now for the Munster Championship. Definitely. Cheers, Kevin. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Simple Stadium, where every name matters. But um, for the meantime, you know, the, the headline item will always be Tipperary hurling, so it can only be said it's a disappointing end as a disappointing fourth game to the league campaign. Thanks for your conversation this evening. Uh, see you again. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks.